But can I say, yeah, I'm ready to go Like weed seeds in the pot, yeah, I'm ready to grow And I don't care if the growth is fast or slow Grow my fan base, cause that's what really matters the most I see the top of y'all, swear I'm so close You ain't taking medication, let me give you a dose I am the realest in the end, that's not no quote Let's see who disagrees, raise your hand to vote Welcome to Feel the Heat, episode 20. Listen, I know this is technically supposed to be episode 19. However, we was unable to successfully record that episode without too many interruptions as I was on the road in Cali. And so now we have episode 20 here for you. Happy Friday to everybody from the Feel the Heat crew. I'm your host, Day Alone, my co-host, Webb. What's up, baby? How you doing out there? Hey, I'm doing just ready to get back to this fix. Uh, I was looking forward to that episode the other day, but the show goes on, and I'm ready to get back to it. Yeah, that episode was going to be really good. We had a, a surprise um, guest on there. My uncle made a small appearance and uh, gave it a little bit of flavor, but nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and move forward. As you know, the 2019 college football schedule is halfway gone. And there's always that one name at the top, and it happens to be Alabama Crimson Tide right now. But LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma, and Penn State are still unbeaten powerhouses, and they will be eager to try to move up on the rankings since Tua Tagovailoa has been battling an ankle injury and since had tightrope surgery on his ankle. He will miss this Saturday against Arkansas. They have a bye week the following week. And then they will face off LSU, which is he, which he is aiming for his return. But in the meantime, we have some teams that can capitalize if Alabama may or may not lose this weekend. We have some teams that are unbeaten that could take that number one spot. Uh, we will see how, to, how it goes as far as this weekend goes for this, all, the unbeaten teams. But right now, we're going to go ahead and get into that number 13 matchup with Wisconsin and number three, Ohio State. Who you got for this one, Will? I got Ohio State because even with Jonathan Taylor, I just don't think Wisconsin can beat Ohio State flat out. Uh, I think they're just going to get outworked on offense. The protection will be good for Justin Fields, and that's going to be even worse because that's where Ohio State is going to hurt them with the deep ball. And plus, Wisconsin just lost to Illinois. I mean, they might be fired up from that, but for me to try to give them the benefit of the doubt lost to uh, Illinois. But I just wanted people to keep in mind, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has more touchdowns, but J.K. Dobbins is only rushing for 10 less yards than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's rushing for 957. J.K. Dobbins is 947. I just wanted to put that out there. I mean, but Jonathan Taylor obviously has 15 touchdowns. But whatever. But I got Ohio State. <clears throat> I got Ohio State, too. I think they will edge out Wisconsin when it comes to the end of the ball game. <sighs> I mean... For Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor are 
for Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin are the talking points um, as they are two of the best backs in the nation right now. But I think this is fair enough to say that it'll be a the first time either team has really faced a threat. Like they've pretty much had a easy schedule up until now. Ohio State faced Michigan State, but you see what they did to them. Um, I just think that Ohio State has more speed on defense and they have more athletic players that can make big plays. So I'm going to go. I like Justin Fields, too. And I'm going to go with Ohio State for the win. It will be a battle of the defense. I believe both of our games of the week this week will be a battle of the defense more than anything, which takes us to number nine, Auburn visiting LSU. Number two in Death Valley. Who you got? I'm obviously going to take LSU, but this game is very important. Obviously, LSU sitting at that number two spot. And I'm only taking a double take at it because Auburn's defense is so strong. So who knows? Somebody might make a play. But obviously, my first my first thought is who's at QB? Joe Burrow obviously being a Heisman contender versus the unproven freshman in Bo Nix. I mean, but he's shown flashes of talent this season. And they've started to pick up momentum as of late. However... Bo Nix, he's only thrown for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns this season, plus five interceptions. I think his inexperience will factor in heavily on Auburn not being able to produce enough points to beat LSU. I mean, Burrow has thrown 29 touchdowns and only three interceptions for 2,400 yards. I mean, and Auburn has lost all of the last nine games that they played at LSU. But I don't overlook Auburn's strong defense, especially that front four, which is debatably the best in the country, which I personally personally believe is the best in the country. But if they could get pressure and make the most of their possessions, uh, especially having Derrick Brown, who's the best D-tackler in the country, uh, like I said, make the most of their possessions and... Maybe try the deep ball. I mean, LSU looked vulnerable with the deep ball. We've seen it uh, versus Texas. Texas really tried LSU deep and seen some success. But outside of that, I'm taking LSU. They're just, their offense is too strong. I think they're just going to outscore Auburn. Yeah, I think so too, especially because. As far as the defense goes for Auburn, they did face a tough Florida team, but that Florida team isn't as fierce as this LSU's offense, if you get what I'm saying. So I think this will be the toughest task for Auburn's defense so far this year. Um, I know they had a bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for Joe Burrow and LSU's offense. But Joe Burrow has shown he has tremendous ability to stand in the face of pressure, step up in the pocket, deliver the deep balls downfield, keep his composure in tough situations, which is why he is a Heisman candidate. And Auburn's defense, they are put on islands quite a bit. I mean, and they won't be able to keep 
Burrow and his weapons from scoring at least 30 points. Now, the other question comes to mind, will Bo Nix be able to keep up? We've seen him play. He's made some good plays. He's played well against um, top opponents. But this is going to be the the best game of his career by far. And if he could pull out this win, that would be a good thing for um, Auburn. However, if LSU comes out victorious and Alabama loses this week, we could see a jump in the rankings and we could possibly see LSU be number one. Yes. However, also keep in mind, this is why I love college football especially. Um, what if Wisconsin pulled off the upset against Ohio State? I mean, it's not likely, but it's not out of the realm of possibility is what I'm saying. So the top five, especially if Alabama were to somehow lose, the top five is definitely unstable right now. Anybody could be number one, two, or three. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend depending on who wins and who takes an L. And who knows, that could even further the momentum going into, you know, getting ready to set the playoffs, match up the bowl games. We're not that far away from that time of the year um, in the next coming weeks, especially if uh, Tua is not available to come back versus LSU. Because with, with I'm sorry, Alabama does have the next man up attitude and they are always bringing really good um, talent and you know for each position but um, without Tua I don't think they could beat LSU I really don't think they can I don't think they can either so that wraps up that section you guys we're going to jump into the NFL here it is week 8 in the NFL and we are already halfway through the season and we have some major news for you. Obviously, Drew Brees is questionable. He wants to return this Sunday. Uh, so is Alvin Kamara. And then we have Patrick Mahomes, who has already been ruled out, ruled out for Sunday's matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Matt Ryan for Atlanta is questionable. I'm not even sure who their backup is, um, but they are facing a tough Seattle team. They need Matt Ryan to beat Seattle to at least compete. Um and then you also have, this is just a list of injuries that's coming on for the NFL. David Johnson, for the Cardinals, he is um, a game day decision as well as he is suffering from an ankle injury. Um, our trades this, this week, we have seen Emmanuel Sanders has gone to the 49ers. Um, Muhammad Sanu is now a New England Patriot. It's just like, wow, what else What else are we going to see? Um, I just heard that the Philadelphia Eagles have put Malcolm Jenkins on the trade block. I think it was about time. Also, uh, Michael Bennett got traded to Dallas. Yes, from New England, he did. Yep, I've seen that one. Also, this is just another news, not a trade or injury, but last night we've seen Adrian Peterson move up in the record books Against the Vikings, he is now the sixth all-time rushing yard. He's in that six-time position all-time. So, congratulations goes out to Adrian Peterson. 
getting that record. That's a, a very high milestone in anyone's career. What about uh, what about Josh Gordon? He uh, he's on IR with a knee injury and likely to be released when healthy. What do you think about that one? I think that the Patriots have given Josh Gordon ample time to redeem himself in his career. When he has played with them, he's been productive, but he hasn't been their number one receiver. Edelman is still their number one go-to guy in the air. Um, It's unfortunate because I feel like he was actually doing the right thing this time, and the injury just came around and, and got him. But he thinks that if he's able to come back this season, that a team should pick him up. Um, I'm not sure if any other teams besides the Patriots will ever bite on that. I think that he's probably done. His career is probably done in the NFL. Then you also have for the Detroit Lions, on Johnson is on the IR as well. Yeah, I did see that. And so it's just the injury bug going around this year. Real bad for a lot of guys. So let's give them this Thursday night football recap. We had the Redskins versus the uh, Minnesota Vikings. What did you find out last night about both teams? I mean, I know we we didn't really expect Redskins to win, but uh, to be fair, I think uh, the Vikings only put 19 points up on the Redskins. I mean, yeah, seeing that they only put 19 points up, I found out nothing that I didn't already know. Kirk Cousins... I mean, Kirk Cousins had a record night. I mean, what? Uh, he went 23 for 26 with a completion percentage of 88 and a half. And that's best in Vikings history in one game with a minimum of 20 attempts. And that was previously held by Brett Favre, whose uh, percentage was 88, which is funny to me. Because as of late, Kirk Cousins seems to be the only weak spot in the Vikings as a whole. But I mean, also as of late, he's been playing pretty well. I mean, up until right this second, I feel like he played a pretty mediocre game against the Redskins. Even ironically turned out to be record-breaking. But Dalvin Cook only rushed for 98 yards. Obviously had 73 receiving yards. That's one part of the offense where I feel like the stats didn't really show how good he did, especially leading up to his one touchdown. But overall, this was a very boring game. The the Redskins put Haskins in. I don't know why he threw a pick. Like you said, AP moving up in all-time rushing. uh, Had a respectable 14 carries for 76 yards. And Nobody with more than 39 yards receiving. It was a pretty boring game overall, but the Vikings would have done. They're the better team. I think with uh, Dalvin Cook being a lot more incorporated in the passing game, I think he only had like five receptions, but like you said, he had 73 yards. Mm-hmm. They're showing that they miss Adam Thielen and how important he is to this team's success. Yes, Stephon Diggs had seven receptions for 143 yards, yeah. but there was no touchdowns thrown last night for the Vikings. Right. You know, so I think that um, when Adam Thielen comes back, it makes their 
offense, obviously, more versatile, more dangerous. And it gives them that other receiving option that they need. Because um, you want to you want to keep Dalvin Cook more, you know, in the rushing game because he's a beast. Obviously, he's 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 averaging, you know, he he will get you about a hundred yards a game, depending on the carries you give him. Um, so he's a very one of the top five backs in the league right now, and he's productive. But they obviously need Adam Thielen. There's not really much to say about the Redskins. Um, they haven't really been a hot team and. They they have a quarterback problem, that's for sure. And it's not going to be solved or resolved this season. And I think they are in the same situation that the Miami Dolphins are in, except for they have a win and the Dolphins don't. So I feel like the Redskins just need to get their coaching and all of that stuff under control. Obviously, they just fired their coach when Jay Gruden needed to go. So... I just say give them some time. I mean, the Browns were really trash for what a, a whole decade, and I trash, but they they have a lot more potential than they did ever than now. Yeah, yeah. If they would have fired Gruden a, a while ago, this they they could be in a different position. A lot sometimes, a lot of your your losses they come from bad coaches' decisions and coaches that aren't that good or they're not really able to convince players to come play for them. And you want to have that type of coach on your team that has respect not only from his colleagues, but has respect also from his his players. And that makes a difference because you can get other uh, superstars or even great or other either good players, good pieces to your team to add to your team to come in and buy into your vision and what you have for the team. But, you know, five five seasons wasted with – the Redskins and Gruden was not able to do that. See, it's I just as it, teams like I don't I don't know where the Vikings not the Vikings I don't know where the Redskins are gonna go. I mean, I don't know where they're gonna start. But well, they have a lot to do, like you said. You know, they have a lot to catch up with. It, it's the coaching, it's the quarterback, it's defense. Is adding more receivers. Yeah, there's not, there's not nothing that they don't need. They need everything. They can start with Terry McLaurin, and uh, dang. Anyway, let's move on. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Terry McLaurin, (laughs) Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, well, they can start with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and move on. Game of the week, like you said. Games of the week for week eight for the NFL and AFC East. We're going to take you to the Eagles at the Bills. Who you got? I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, the Eagles secondary is <laughs> back. And they're showing it every week. And John Brown is going to show out. I got him in fantasy. Uh, the Bills have a good defense this year. Their quarterback, Josh Allen, he's playing way better than I expected this year. So I'm, I'm going to take the Bills. It's not a bad pick. I'm going to take the Bills too. The Eagles are just, I don't know, they don't have it on defense. They don't have it on offense. Carson Wentz, they paid him too early in his career. He's not he's not living up to it. They were better off paying Nick Foles and, and keeping Carson Wentz 
as a backup because Curse, uh, Nick Foles was able to get the team to buy into him, and he has a very high IQ of the game. He's just – I don't know. The Eagles are done. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills as well. AFC West, Raiders at the Texans. Who you got? I'm going to take the Texans. Like, as, like I've said in earlier episodes – the Texans line is performing better than I thought. Carlos Hyde is showing some upside. I mean, they lost Will Fuller with a hamstring injury. But Deshaun Watson is obviously playing well this year, as usual. I don't see how you can't take the Vikings. J.J. Watt's still healthy. The Texans. The Texans. The Texans. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Texans for all the reasons you said. However, I do believe that Derek Carr will still have a good hookup and a good connection with Waller. He's just been great this season for the Raiders, and that's why they paid him. He's going to get paid $9 million over the next five – or $9 million a year over the next five years. So, congratulations I mean, to him. I mean, at this point, with when you're talking about the Raiders, when you're talking about – good things versus bad things you're really just splitting hairs at this point I mean Jonathan Abrams out and all all the problems they've been having I mean just don't I'm not I don't want to discredit the Raiders but the Raiders are everything that I thought they were going to be although I wanted them to be better that I'm gonna just say that I got you I got you yep I can agree with that AFC North Browns at Patriots the Patriots defense, I'm not going to lie, is honestly smothering. Uh, although Tom Brady has started to show some wear and tear. He's slowing down for sure. He's slowing down for sure, but the Patriots just got Sanu. I'm pretty sure he's going to play. I'm going to take the Patriots. I like the Patriots. Their defense is about to eat Baker Mayfield alive. He hasn't seen a defense like this all year, so... Good luck to Baker. Good luck to Baker and Odell and the Browns. But this is going to be the Patriots show this weekend. They might show out and get Odell the ball. Eh, we'll see. Baker might not even be able to get the ball out of his hands. In the NFC, or sorry, in the AFC South, we got the Jets at the Jags. Who do you like out that matchup? I like the Jags, honestly. I mean, Gardner Minshew hasn't been playing as well the last two-ish weeks than before, but still good. I like the Jags in this matchup. Um, I'm, I'm really... I don't like either or team, but it's a matchup that it, it's picked... Um, I'm going to go on a roll and say the Jets got to get something. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a good game this week. And uh, maybe Sam Darnold does better than last week. Because I remember last week, there's you know, last Monday, they had him on, mic'd up. And he said he was seeing ghosts on the field. Well, I hope he don't see no more ghosts for the rest of the season. Because if he is, he needs to go back. Because something's still wrong with his spleen or something. He's hallucinating that medicine I got to him. He played the pick. <laughs> you say he played the Patriots? He played the Patriots. Hey, 
that don't mean you seeing ghosts. He didn't know who was out there. That they just had a blanket coverage over there. They he couldn't get nobody open. Look, Le'Veon Bell couldn't get off. So hopefully they have a bounce back. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Jets. NFC East Giants at Lions. I'm going with the Lions. I like the Lions in this one. I mean, obviously, carry on Johnson on IR. But that's the hometown team. I can't rep nobody different. So I'm going to roll with the Lions. I hope Darius Slay is going to play. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Uh, he was out with, a, I believe, a quad injury last week. Either yeah. Quad or a hamstring. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Lions. All right. NFC West. Panthers at 49ers with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, Garoppolo has been... I mean, Garoppolo throwing the ball to me at this point is kind of a question mark, so I don't know how Emmanuel Sanders will pan out immediately. Uh, But, I mean, the 49ers defense have been outstanding. They're getting better and better. Um... Tevin Coleman really stepping into uh, the lead as of last week. So I'm going to take the 49ers. I think Christian McCaffrey gets off, but 49ers defense is really great too. And I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think they'll remain unbeaten. NFC North, Green Bay versus the Chiefs. I'm going to take Green Bay. Uh, the Chiefs are missing, to my knowledge, at least at least uh, three starters on defense. Three or four starters on defense. Um, and beside that point, Green Bay is an outstanding team. To the, and to my, to me, in my opinion, they probably are anyway the best in uh in our division. Yeah, no Mahomes, no problem. I'm going with Green Bay just like you. NFC South Bucks at Titans. I'm going to roll with the Bucks just because Jameis Winston has better receiving options, but the Titans do have a good defense too. And it's only a matter of time. Only time is going to tell how many interceptions Jameis Winston is going to throw this week. Speaking of interceptions, I mean... The Titans have pretty good. The Titans have a, a pretty good defense. I like their secondary. I'm gonna take the Titans, just because I feel like they have a pretty good defense, an established run game with Derrick Henry. Uh, obviously, I believe they're gonna start Tannehill, uh, which is gonna, which is gonna uh, increase the looks for uh, Corey Davis. And you know, just as good as I know how talented Corey Davis is. And when Mariota was in the game, Corey Davis just didn't get a lot of targets. And I know that Corey Davis is really talented. So I'm kind of excited to see him get the ball in his hands a little more. So I'm going to take the time. All right. We're going to see about that. That wraps up games of the week NFL section. We're going to jump into the NBA for a quick minute, um, get our thoughts on the opening week and do the MLB playoff updates before we close out. So here's my thoughts really quick on the NBA um, the first week. The Clippers are really good, but you know what? 
they're just talking a little bit too much. You only won two games. It's only the beginning of the season, okay? And you're not promised a championship right now. So, Patrick Beverly, you got to calm down talking about, oh, you only was good for five years. This is what he said about the Warriors because you had KD. Well, they had they were good before they had KD. KD joined them. And you're just salty because you've been getting pounded the last five years. When you were with the Rockets, you couldn't beat the Warriors. And when you were with the Clippers without Kawhi, you couldn't beat them. And now that you got Kawhi and Paul George, you could talk a little bit. I like Pat Beverly's defense, but I, I just can't stand looking at him because he – he talks so much, and I know that's what gets him going. It gets he gets in people's head, but you should talk like that when you're closer to the playoffs, not right now in week one. All right, buddy? That's my thoughts. The, the Clippers are really good. They're scary good. Kawhi is a beast. The Golden State Warriors are going to need some help from somewhere other than Steph and um, what's your boy's name? I can't think. D'Lo? D'Angelo Russell? And... For as far as the Lakers go, my team, LeBron, you can't be playing passive. This is the Western Conference, the toughest conference it is right now, and you got to come with it every night. I don't care if it's game one or 82. You got to come with it. What you think? Honestly, the first week, everybody's right about where I, where I expected them to be. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was on – wasn't he – wasn't he on load management for like three quarters? He still had about 20 points. Mm-hmm. The, Clipper, the Clippers are everything I thought they were going to be, plus a little more. Uh, Lou Williams, obviously three times six man of the year. He plays, he really plays more minutes than Kawhi Leonard. Him and Montreal play more minutes than Kawhi, and they're not even starters. And they, sc- and they can play just as good as starters. I... After seeing the Clippers play without Paul George, I don't see how the Cl- I don't see anybody. I don't see the Lakers beating the Clippers. I really don't. I'm gonna just be honest with you. I just don't see it. They don't have enough around AD and LeBron to do it. They just don't. To me, that's all I've seen this week was was the Clippers. Just like. For the last five years, everybody's just been seeing Golden State. That's just all I see this week is the Clippers. That's fair. That's fair. I also got a, a quick peek at the Pistons. Um, their opening night, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks. But my God, D. Rose, I think he had like 30 and 8. Man, that he had a flash of, you know, his days in Chicago. He looked really good. Um, also had to, a quick look at the Miami Heat versus Memphis. And they look, Miami Heat is young. They can run. They look good. They can shoot. They're athletic. I like them in the Eastern Conference. I was not actually impressed by Philly or Boston. They both look very sluggish and slow. I know it's the first week, first game. Sometimes you just got to work the kinks out. Um, As far as L.A. goes, I think that, in a sense, you're right for the Lakers. But at the same time, LeBron can't be passive. That's all I have to say. He can't be passive. He can't be looking to get everybody involved. Like, you have to take off now, not later. So, that's that's what I got from the NBA opening week. And also, um, DeAndre Ayton. Ayton? Yes. Did I say his last name? He yes. is suspended from the Suns for NBA drug policy violation. 
tested positive for taking a diuretic. Not sure which one it was, but obviously it goes against their um, policy and he's going to miss 25 games. And I think the Suns will be impacted by that because he is a promising young guy. I mean, the Suns weren't weren't winning over 20, 30 games anyway. So, I mean, I mean, I don't want to discredit DeAndre Ayton is, he, like you said, he's young and upcoming. He's promising. But the Suns are what they are. They're just, they sorry. They really are. Yeah, they haven't been nothing since they lost Steve Nash and Mark Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Shaq, and Jason Richardson. They had a squad then, but it's going to be tough for them, and uh, it's going to be even more tougher without him. Moving forward, um, NBA, MLB, excuse me, MLB playoff updates. Yo, the Washington Nationals are red hot and smoking. They're up 2-0 on the Houston Astros. They play game three tonight in Washington. If they win tonight, I think they're going to sweep Houston. They beat the breaks off from last game 12-3. And in one inning, they score like eight runs. So they are very exciting to watch. Um, they're playing good ball. They're just, they're not trying to go for home run plays. They're just hitting the ball in the field, hitting it into play and getting on base and bringing runners in. So um, shout out to Washington, the, the Nationals, man. And they're doing it without Bryce Harper. It's amazing what they're doing. And I'm looking forward to their game tonight. I'll be tuning into that and then. I'll be checking out the Lakers at the Jazz. I like Donovan Mitchell, and with the addition of Mike Conley, I think the Jazz are going to be a good team in the West as well. Yeah. I think the Jazz are going to be They've always been close, but no cigar. Of course, as always. So that's it, guys. You know, thanks for joining Heat. It's Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back here on Tuesday. In the meantime, get those questions in. We we love your guys' questions. We haven't heard had any questions since the last episode. But you can get them in at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message. Again, I'm Dave. You just listen to Web and you just listen to Feel the Heat. Have a good weekend. <laughs>